We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the DGD Podcast. As always, Robert Reynolds. The show is brought to you by our sponsors, Apotheos Roastery Alumni Hall. Guys, go give them a follow on social media and check them out. I'll check, listen, excellent coffee. We'll start with Apotheos. Let's get this show rolling. Apotheos Coffee, folks, located at 2871 Cherokee Street, Northwest, up in uh, <coughs> Kennesaw, Georgia. 30144 if you need the address. Listen, excellent coffee. I have it every single day. Cannot overlook it. DGDpodcast.com forward slash Apotheos. Listen, if you use our website, go shop through, uh, go shop their selection. 20% of every bag of coffee that you get through our link, 20% of each bag will go towards the Classic City Collective. Keep that in mind. Listen, great quality. And listen, if you need if you need any advice, let me know. I will gladly, gladly give you some off uh, some some talking points there. Uh, listen, excellent stuff, folks. Excellent stuff. Carl Martin says, "Go dogs!" Welcome to the brigade, Kyle. Um, got a lot to talk about. Um, there was a lot. Like I think Georgia Twitter broke almost a couple uh, a couple days ago. We're gonna talk about that. Georgia lost a commitment. From a five-star tight end, Landon Thomas. We're going to talk about that. Uh, portal tracker, talking about that as well. So stick around, stay tuned, and let's get started. First things first, is Georgia on commit watch? I'm here to tell you, I think so. And I, and honestly, I mean, if you look at it, crystal balls are flying in or were flying. I should, uh, excuse me, they were flying in. Um, sorry. Uh, so crystal balls flying in some very, very notable names. Uh, number one overall prospect Dylan Raiola was one. You saw Steve Wolfong. If you're a follower of those, uh, also, uh, let's see how I can explain it. Also looking at it, uh, Ryan Wingo. So a lot, a lot of crystal balls flying in and, Actually, there was a four-star tight end, uh, Jared Riddell, that's going to be a, in my in my opinion, a uh, replacement for Landon Thomas. All three of those guys got crystal balls popping in. Uh, so Georgia recruiting has not missed a beat. Period, folks. <clears throat> just not gonna, just not gonna say that. Uh, definitely think that the 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 dominoes, if they were to fall with Dylan Raiola would be absolutely massive, absolutely massive. Um, I mean, just just think that's the number one quarterback in the in the 24 class. That's the number one prospect in the 24 cycle. So you land Dylan Raiola, and it's nuts. I, I'm just I'm just thinking that. Um, I mean, there's a chance that uh, you know I see 
uh, I don't know how to say it, but someone in the comments are saying they're hearing it'll be Thursday. Potentially. I mean, it very well could. Um, a lot of drama kind of went down behind that. Uh, behind it, like, how can I explain this? If if you were on Twitter, it out of nowhere, uh, Monday, I think it was Monday night. Uh, Monday night, just all hell broke loose. All hell broke loose uh, with the news that there was a chance that he could commit. Uh, sounds like it even went as far as someone contacting his dad, like a national writer contacting his dad. And it's like, maybe that's what I'm hearing is could be the reason why he didn't announce or whatever. Uh, but neither here nor there on that. Uh, definitely think it's interesting that, you know, you're hearing that, um, you know, but at the same time, what does it mean for Georgia? Uh, if, you know, if he were to commit, what does that mean? Um, sooner rather than what you were thinking. I think you have to look at it in a sense of, well, first, I, th I think you look at it as him coming into the class to start recruiting. And and I think quarterbacks are, you know, pivotal parts of the class. You've already got Ryan Puglisi in this class, by the way, too. Um, but if you bring in a guy like Raiola, the elites will come. And not saying that Puglisi couldn't do the same. I I just think that there's a different vibe with Raiola. Um, it's completely different. Uh, Kobe Pierce says, got that Utah Wi-Fi right now, restarting the computer and trying to get her fired up. So Kobe will be on shortly. Uh, just got some, uh, I think you got some vault hackers or something going on there. I just don't think they want us to be elite. Um, also, we need to flip Jeremiah Smith. You know, I'm looking at that, and I don't necessarily know if Jeremiah Smith will flip. And the reason why I say that is, well, you know, Ohio State, you're looking at um, Aaron Nolan, right? Aaron Nolan commits to Ohio State. I just don't see Jeremiah Smith flipping in the end. Uh, you know, I think you look at Ryan Wingo or Mike Matthews if you're Georgia. Um, I just don't see us getting Mike Matthews. I would love to have Mike, uh, Mike Matthews. I, I just don't see that. So I think you take Wingo, and it, Wingo's an excellent prospect in itself. I'm not going to call that call a spade a spade. Excellent prospect. Now, to Jeremiah Smith, back to that, Jeremiah Smith's different. I feel like he's just different. Uh, we'll see in the end, but so far – there, yeah, there's a reason why that kid is where he is. Uh, it's that simple, too. Uh, Matthews wanted to, Matthews wants to go out of the state. I, you know, fair. I mean, you know, not everyone wants to stay in state. You have a lot of people that do. Um, but Georgia's shown you a, Georgia's shown you a precedent, right, to, to go recruit nationally. And we'll talk more about that as well. Um, you know, obviously, you like I said, you lose Landon Thomas. So I'll go ahead and bring it up. You lose, you lose Landon Thomas, and now you're, you know, now Hartley's on the trail for another tight end in this cycle, uh, and it looks like he may have zeroed in on this guy. And that's if you're not familiar with him, Jared Riddell. That kid, had, that kid has been tearing it up on seven on seven camps and things like that. Um, I want to say he's a top seventy five prospect as well. So it's not a fall off as much as you would think. Um, so if if right if Todd Hartley if and when um, that could get interesting, Kobe says he'd be happy with just one five star guy. Yeah, and I think I think you look at you know Pickens was the last five star receiver. Uh, you know, getting getting a five star receiver in the fold is always going to do good things for your program. Uh, also, thinks we lose Nike Carr. Interesting. Uh, I mean, with, with Landon Thomas being his teammate, maybe, um, you know, and there was also some rumors, you know, that he shut down uh, like a trip to Florida State as well uh, on social media. Uh, but you got to be careful, man. Like kids have smartened up these days. Um, you know, they're always trying to, you know, get you off the wrong, you know, trying to get you off their uh, off their trail. And that's okay. And I feel like that needs to, I wish we could, people respect that more, but I get it. It's a business. <clears throat> um but I do think that if you have an instance where you pick up uh, Wingo and say if you land all three of these guys, uh, if you land Raiola, you land Wingo, you land Riddell, shit's going to get tricky. Shit's going to get fun. Right? It's going to get interesting. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, quick. Because you, you look at Georgia's depth right now, 
uh, from a receiving point, uh, you know, from a receiver in the room. And, you know, to me, I'm looking at it in the sense of right now you have so much depth, but when it comes down to, right, looking at who you could lose soon, right? Like you could lose Lab McConkey. Marker shows me Jack saying there's a lot of key cogs to the receiving core that you're going to lose. Uh, it might even be Dominic Lovett and Robert Thomas as well. So you have to load up on receiver as well because uh, you don't want it to become you don't want it to become a, a, a weakness in your in your team uh, at all. You don't want that at all. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, with Nitro Tucker going to IMG, he will go up in the rankings. I mean, in all seriousness, you know, looking at Nitro Tuggle, I think that's key to understand. Um, but due to a few things, and the reason why I say it's interesting is because you have you you have a three star that tape shows me he's not a three star. There's just so much things, so many things that he does that just screams I'm not a three star. Uh, at least in my opinion. I mean, if you go watch his tape, his his uh, elusiveness, his spatial awareness. Uh, there, I think there was a play toward the back end of it where he uh, he's has a spatial awareness to t- uh, toe tap uh, to get it in the end zone. Um, that right there is stuff that that's not three star material. Uh, there's a reason why George, you know, Georgia Green likes you early, like you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it, he's not a three star. Like by the by, all when all said and done, he will be more than likely a four star. No questions asked. I, I don't see him uh, lasting that long uh, as a three star. I would assume the next update you'll probably see uh, him jump to a four star. And I think you look at was it on three or rivals? One of those. I think it was on three already bumped him or ESPN or something already bumped him to a four star. So yeah, it's. It's just nuts. DG Pat in the building. 38 catches and 22 of them were touchdowns. Yeah, no, it's touchdown machine, really, if you think about it. Like I said, I mean, and it's not even it's not even just as a pure receiver, too. He's you know made plays in special teams and, and you know how we all know how Kirby Smart values our special teams. And and that right there in itself, I'm not I'm not going to say it all, but yeah. absolutely, DGD, Dr. Pepper. Hey, it's the drink of choice or outside of Apotheos. You know this, Kobe. You know it. But, no, you know, going back to the touchdowns, like I said, that, that just shows you those those stats, those numbers do not scream three-star to me. They just don't. Um, like I said, I think he'll be a four-star. But if you take a look at the – I mean, since we're talking recruiting here, you have – excuse me, you have Ellis Robinson at cornerback, right? We haven't even touched – the defensive side of the ball uh, and the 24 cycles so far, you're looking at um, heavy on the defensive start. I mean, you've got Ellis Robinson's five-star cornerback, right? Uh, Demarcus Riddick is a linebacker. That's another five-star. You got Jalen Hayward at safety. You got Nikar, obviously, right? Nikar. Uh, then you got Peyton Woodyard and uh, Dwight Phillips, or Dwight Phillips is your running back. Kid's gonna be ridiculous, by the way. Uh, Demel Demelo Jones, that's another safety. And then you got Pugs, the Pug Life shows him. Nitro Tuggle, Sokovi White, don't forget Sokovi White either. And then obviously you got Malachi uh, Tolliver as well. So this class is nowhere to be in, uh, finished. Um, but how do I feel about getting KJ Bolden? I think it's gonna be tough. Um, I, I do. I, th- I think you look at Ohio State being a real problem, Alabama being a real problem, kind of seems to be the trend with those Buford boys, if you will. Um, but I, I, I think Georgia's got a legitimate good shot here to land them. Uh, also, keep in mind you're looking at Edric Houston as well. That's another one that I feel like Georgia is in a must-have situation with Edric. Edric's just going to be an animal. I mean, and, and Juan would tell you that whenever he's on the show and not on the milk carton. Uh, yeah, it's he, he's a, he's bona fide. He he's absolutely bona fide when it comes to that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, when I'm looking at the recruiting class, like I said, like you know, like Kirby Smart, I feel like is a momentum recruiter, and I don't want to hear the nonsense that there's no such thing as momentum recruiting. That's a lie because mo- that's what it is. Like I mean, I, I feel like history has shown that Georgia under Kirby Smart has kind of done this momentum recruiting 
and I'm not knocking it whatsoever. I'm really not. Um, you know, like I said, it's ironic that the same day you lose Landon Thomas, you lose a five star, right? You're no, you're no longer number one. Uh oh, Georgia's not number one in the rankings. The world's coming to an end. Next thing you know, you hear the Twitter, basically Georgia Twitter just erupts with that potential, you know, Riola news. And you see Wingo the next morning get crystal balled. Riddell, Riddell, before Landon Thomas even flipped, Riddell had a crystal ball in. So that kind of tells you what you need to know. There's there's movement behind it, and there and there's a plan in place. Todd Hartley's not going to let that momentum negatively uh, impact Georgia, and if it happens, it's not going to be for long. So this momentum recruiting is a thing. It's okay that it's a thing, even though they tell you it's not a thing. So keep say that five times fast. Uh, we will get Houston or KJ if not both. Uh, listen, I think you have a good shot at both though. Uh, you really do. Like I said, I would, I mean, listen, you want both, but I mean, at the same time, you look at the, like I said, uh, just the safeties alone, right? Just the safeties alone. You're looking at DeMello Jones. Now, whether they play them at safety is going to be the question. How do they want to, you know, how do they want to utilize them when they get to Georgia per se, right? I mean, but you're looking at uh, DeMello Jones, 6'1", 176 listed on 24-7, right? That, that screams like he could put a little bit of weight on and play some cornerback. Or some safety, however you want to look at it. Peyton Woodyard, 6'2, 188. He'll bulk up and play safety in college. Uh, that those screams good numbers. Or I mean, like I said, and then you got Jalen Hayward is 5'11 and a half, 180. I mean, maybe you see him at play a star or Nick, you know, something like that. Obviously, the height is, you know, kind of interesting because I mean it's basically six, it's basically six feet. But y'all know how this goes. Eighth of inches matter at that point. So just thought. Uh so Hayward is on flip watch here, here. I mean, and maybe, but again, I mean that. I'm not saying that I, I don't want these guys in the class, but again, Georgia has a backup plan. They have a they have a plan in place for everything. It, it's it literally feels like you're playing chess when it comes to Georgia recruiting, and that's what you want, right? That's what you want. I mean, for instance, if what if Hayward flips, right? Then I mean, do you look at? Then you look at pushing more pressure on uh, K.J. Bolton. I think that opens up more opportunity for him to come to Georgia more realistically. So, like I said, you've always got these plans in place. You just got those in place, and and it's going to be – it's going to stay that way. It just will. Um, that's just, I mean, that's just my thoughts. But, obviously, listen, Hayward, Hayward, Hayward is a legit prospect, though, uh, really pro, uh, really nice prospect. Um Obviously, want him in the class, but if you're telling if you're telling me that, excuse me, if you're telling me that you lose him with the possibility to get KJ Bolden confirmed, start to weigh my options. I'll just leave it there. I'm definitely going to leave that there. Um, don't want to speculate much more on that. But so let's kind of talk about. I, I want to kind of transition a little bit more into the loss of Landon Thomas, what it means, because contextually, right, you look at, you know, in-state prospect, five-star, Georgia loses him uh, to Florida State, right? Uh, you know, listen, there's, there's no way to sugarcoat it. Losing a five-star is never fun. It's it's not. Um, you know, Landon Thomas is one of those guys where, you know, definitely could make, you know, he's going to make a team better. Uh, but like I said, you know, Todd Hartley, never to be outdone, you know, we'll never let the negative recruiting last. All right. So you look at, uh, you look at Jalen Riddell and, and honestly, I think you look at a situation where th that kid's a freak, uh, just a bona fide freak. Uh, I don't really think there's any other way to put it. I mean, if you just go watch some of his tape uh, from, you know, seven on seven camp, stuff like that, some of the catches that he makes, right. Like separate, like contested catches at that, if he comes to Georgia, I'm just saying, if he comes to Georgia, it's going to be one of those where he'll be another good one to have. It'll be another one in the list. Uh, FSU better show us what they will do with the tight end position with Jaheim Bell uh, because Kobe looks at it, how the tight end at Florida State's been lately. Last good tight end they had transferred to Georgia to get drafted. Yeah, talk about Trey McKitty. Uh, ironically, right? Ironically looking at it that way. 
Um, you know, that's going to be interesting. I, I think that's something to keep in mind. Um, but if you see, obviously, Georgia is going to utilize the tight ends easily. But, you know, I, I think when you look at Landon Thomas, so kind of getting back around to this, I think, it, I mean, think about it. You're down in Cockwood County. That's deep South Georgia, right? That's closer to Tallahassee than it is to Athens by far. So, you know, I mean, you're technically playing closer to home. So, you know, maybe that's a maybe that's a part of the reason why he wanted to. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's probably NIL involved in today's world. It's, it's completely fine. It's, welcome to the world of NIL. Right? You got to get used to it. But, you know, playing close to home, right? like just because you're in Georgia doesn't always mean that you're, you know, you're close to home. And I think you look at Cockwood County as a perfect example. I, I mean, and think about uh, like Michael from uh, Columbus, Michael. Columbus, Georgia. Columbus, Georgia is closer to uh, Auburn than it is Athens by a mile, too. It's, it's so close. to It's it's right there near Auburn. Another big thing, look at the last five number one tight ends from high school and look how their careers have gone. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's interesting to think about that, but you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. So, I mean, this is a lot of food for thought there. But again, you, you, like I said, you sit there, you lose that. Todd Hartley, Todd Hartley will get who he wants, and if you try to, if, if you want to leave, that's okay. But he'll just find another one, and, and I think this is what's going to happen. Um, and if not, then you can come on here and tell me I'm completely wrong and I'm and I'm a dumbass. Okay, it's that simple. The obviously the loss isn't going to be fun to deal with. But at the same time, it's like I said, it's the world of college football. Um, you know, just just living it, right? Just keep pushing. But I do want to talk about Riola and what it means and what it could mean because I felt like that's the biggest news. So if if Riola indeed does commit, right? First off, Georgia will be the number one program, and that's that's the start of a historic recruiting class. What we're thinking here. Like, I don't think there's a question that if, if Raiola commits and you get Wingo and you get Riddell, like, there, there's a good chance that Georgia's class will be historic. And we saw that with A&M a couple years ago. Um, but I just think Georgia has the capability to retain for the most part. And, at, you know, at the same time, we'll, we'll obviously see. Uh, but definitely, you know, definitely, definitely something to monitor. But what would Dylan Rayola bring to Georgia? Well, not only is he the number one guy in the in the class, I, I think he's he, he's one of these. I feel like he's just a generational talent. I really do. Uh, got a huge cannon, uh, you know, NFL pedigree, right? With his dad Dominic, uh, you know, Matt Stafford's his godfather. So you know, you've got that quarterback training and and you know things like that. Like all that stuff matters because it helps you, right? It helps you. You know, having that knowledge helps you process things, right? Like we talked about this with Arch before he committed to Texas. I mean, you've got Peyton and you got, you know, you've got Eli there. Like your IQ is going to be where it needs to be, if not even more advanced than what we expect it to be for a collegiate player. Expect expectations, folks, um, in regards to the IQ. Now, athletic ability, right? You, you can train for that, but ain't nobody going to teach like, you know, they're not going to teach you the at like pure speed. You can train for it, but you, you just got to be gifted on that part. Uh, but you look at the arm, you look at his athletic ability. I mean, there's a reason why he's the number one overall player. Uh, and you look at guys like Ryan Wingo that know to, and that, that want to go play for guys like that. And we talk about looking at Georgia as a as a top tier program and in recruiting now. You get that you get that type of player in your system and receiver elite receivers will come in my opinion and we have we've kind of been played what feels like with that uh recently right i think you look at outside of aj green george pickens was like the you know we've had guys close like don blaylock i think don blaylock was a five-star at one point but ended up a four-star but regardless pickens was your five-star receiver and we saw what he did right and i think it's a testament you know, how, how the recruiting class from the receiver perspective is being recruited, give give a huge shout-out to BMAC on that one uh, in, in all seriousness. Because, I mean, you're starting to look at, you know, when when BMAC came in, you start to see the 
the names on the board flip. Uh, names that Georgia probably would never have really gotten involved with are you're now getting to sit down with these kids and you're and you're getting them on your campus. Even if you don't land them, that's a, that's a step in the right in the right direction. And now since BMAC's been here as a receiving, you start to see all these things come up. And that's to me, I feel like that's the big deal. Um, it, it's just getting you involved with these elite receivers. Like if Ryan if Ryan Wingo commits, I think he would be higher than George Pickens. I think as it stands now. Obviously, there's there's still going to be a few updates, but at the same time, like. That's a big deal. It's a really big deal uh, to get that guy. And maybe you get two. Right? Maybe you get two. Not saying you will. Um, you know, but if you get those guys in there, there's always a chance. And that's why that's why Dylan Rayola's recruitment, if he commits to Georgia, is so important. Uh, definitely think that's super important. Um, yeah, because I mean, Ryan Wingo right now is sixth overall, guys, on the uh, on the composite. Or excuse me. I was top. I was twenty four seven. So composite rankings, you're looking at uh, where's he at? He so he's a, in the composite fourth fourth uh, best receiver. I, I think that will go up. I think it will go up. I'm just gonna leave that there. But I mean, when you look at again, when you look at these receivers, right? I mean, there's a good chance you get. A, a top tier receiver, maybe not a five star, but you could definitely get involved. Right? You could easily get involved. I mean, there's a chance. You, what about Michael Hudson? I mean, if I'm not mistaken, Georgia's getting situated to bring him on campus. Right? It could be very interesting. So, yeah, Wingo was ranked number one last year. Exactly. Right? Like, I mean, he fell off the slightly drop, but you get what I mean. That's still. A, that's still something that Georgia hasn't really hit a lot of is like a top three receiver. And I think that's very possible. And it would be a testament to Raiola. It would be shout out to Raiola for that. So, you know, looking at the recruiting wise, I think that's good right there. Uh, but I do want to kind of take a moment. And before we get started on our transfer portal uh, tracker, I want to give a shout out to our guys over at Alumni Hall. So you see this shirt right here, this polo, guys? This came from Alumni Hall. Got the little block G right there. Awesome looking shirt. And it's, listen, it's extremely comfortable. I can't even lie about it. It is extremely comfortable. But uh, a Alumni Hall located at 1791, a Coney Connector, uh, 535 in Athens, GA, 10 minutes from Sanford Stadium. Um, listen, Alumni Hall, I I'm just saying. Check them out, dgdpodcast.com forward slash alumni hall. Um, if you're in store, if you go to their store in Athens, mention the DGD podcast, right? Mention the podcast and you get 10% off your order. But we also have something something crucial coming down the pipeline uh, starting April 30th, which we'll make an announcement come time. Uh, but expect, it, let's just say this, it will be a good time to purchase some stuff from Alumni Hall. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, go check them out at Alumni Hall UGA on Instagram and Twitter. And now we have Kobe Pierce. Welcome in, sir. What's up? I finally got this old dinosaur rolling. I'm, I'm glad Joe Double G's not in here because she would try to try to harass you a little bit. If she especially if she had another coffee, but I want to I want to go ahead and do this. I, I've had it. I mean, I'm sure these folks have heard enough about me spill, rambling on. But what are your what are your thoughts on these crystal balls just rolling in for Raiola and Wingo? And I want to hear what your thoughts are with that. Um, I think the big thing is uh, I'm all happy with the crystal balls. I want to hear the announcement. I want to see the the edit get posted. I want to the whole nine yards, like we kind of talked about with. With Rayola's dad, it seems like he's kind of behind closed doors pulling some strings. That always worries me that, you know, the dad's worried about who's lining his pockets now versus actually sending his son to a place that's going to help him. So, um, you know, you never, I, I like the parents to be involved in recruitment, but you don't want a parent to be controlling in a recruitment. Like, you know, I felt like with Arch, it was Arch's decision. Like wherever Arch decided to go, like in in my mind, 
his yeah. father, at least visually and publicly, did a very good job staying out of it. His uncles did a good job staying out of it. To me, he, he felt like a clean recruitment. Like when he came into Texas, I didn't think, well, man, his dad is just, you know, just got paid $500,000 under the table to, to take this. Um, yeah. So uh, I mean, the Mannings, where, the Mannings don't need the money, though. So, I mean, it makes sense as well with that, too. And but Rayola really isn't going to need the money either at some point. I mean, no, you know. So I'll, I'll be I'll be excited. Um, we talked about the other day. I I would love for them to do a um, duo announcement. I would love for them to do a video, you know, <sighs> catching balls or something together because we were talking about it the other day. I miss that like 2016 2017 era of um, you know Jake Fromm. Richard LeCount, Nate McBride, Malik Herring, all these guys, DeAndre Swift, all these guys that did – Robert Beal even did one – did commitment videos. Um, those were a cool time in, in the world of recruiting to see those videos. And now it's just, you know, Hayes Fawcett throws up an edit and, and that's it. And it's like – and the other thing is I feel like you hear about it because of there are so many insiders now. Like you hear whispers, talks, rumors so far ahead. It was like we were talking about the other day. What if you had no clue, like no insider spilled, nobody put it behind a paywall, just on Thursday at one o'clock, you logged on to Twitter and there's a video from Dylan Rayola and you watch the whole thing at the end. He's in a Georgia, you know, Georgia power G shirt talking about he's committed. It blow your mind. So I think a little bit of the hype around like us kind of knowing kind of diminishes like the excitement. Like, don't get me wrong, number one quarterback, top ten player, I'm gonna be pumped. Same thing with the receiver. But yep. at some welcome, point, it's like welcome to the state of social media, though. Because I mean, like, like I was saying, like, dude, I was sitting there Monday night, and and just out of nowhere, Twitter just blew the hell up. Like people were losing their minds. Right? It literally felt like an. It felt like I was in the the dark night. Just everyone loses their minds, you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. Like, But, yeah, I mean, to your point, though, back to, like, the, uh, Jake Fromm and Nate McBride, obviously been on the show. Dude, those Christmas commitment videos, man, they 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 leave memories in your they, – they're instilled into your brain from that because the, the, the effort that went into it, you didn't even know that it was going on, I don't believe, especially at the time. Well, it's so, like – my personal favorite. I loved the Santa, the Santa season one, but DeAndre Swift's Philly one. I mean, Ooh. he run, runs through Philly like Rocky. I mean, it just doesn't get more oh, iconic than that for a commitment. I mean, yeah, the the, the oh my word, the um, no, I think I think what really set it off that night was uh, like I, I know there was like a correlation. I felt like there was speculation that it was correlated that. Um, you know, just like you, like Aaron Murray tweeted out like needing content in Athens, and it's like people just started, like I said, people started losing their ever-loving shit. You know what I mean? So, I, you know, that's just my thoughts there. I, I just definitely think that, you know, I, I think social media could have played a part in, in in kind of postponing this per se. You know what I mean? If if that was the case, uh, indeed the case. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, like I said, if you land Raiola, it's going to be nuts. Absolutely nuts. And I, I, I'm not going to be mad at all about that. Uh, well, yeah. it's, it's like we've talked about even. It's that unknown of you kind of know you're leaning towards getting Wingo with Raiola, but you don't know who else is leaning with Raiola. It's what Texas yeah. didn't even know when they got Arch. I mean, all of a sudden, three or four guys were like, hey, yeah. That that's us. Because well, like, like you had John take. I mean, like for Texas, uh, Texas folks gonna love this if I can try to spit some knowledge here. I mean, like John take Cook, man. John take Cook, I think will be a damn good receiver for Texas. Boom, just like that, like right on the track with with Arch. I mean, he wouldn't even. I don't even think Texas would in his like top three. And all of a sudden, I don't remember. I don't know the full specifics on it, but I remember. If you're not familiar, go back and watch John take Cook last year. Absolutely trolling uh, Texas. If I'm not mistaken, he trolled Texas too. Talking like, about where their trophies are. Yeah, where the football where trophies. These are swimming trophies. I remember. Yeah. yeah. 
But then also, no, when he got to A&M, like, he was just like, where are the trophies for real? Like, where are the trophies? Because there's no trophies. He couldn't do that with Bama. Bama broke that, though. But, um, but yeah, it was just like – I thought that was funny. But, I mean, again, like, that's the that's the elite quarterback effect, right? I mean, like, you were you were there. What was it like for you, right, when, when you were in and you saw Fromm come in, right? Like, as as a player on the current roster, what was that like when you when you because do y'all keep like did you keep up with recruiting at all? I felt like you kind of needed to a to a certain degree, but not like maybe like we're doing now. Yeah, I would say like as a player, you may keep up with like something here or something there, or like you know you you as a player, you see a lot of familiar faces on campus too. Um, so it's kind of one of those things where you're like, okay. This, this kid's been here six times, like, oh, he committed, well, great, like, you know, um, who am I th- trying to think of? Who who played quarterback at Ole Miss? They just got, dra- they got drafted last year. Well, I can't think of his name. Um, I don't remember. I'd my, have to look it up. My brain just – I'll look it up. You can keep explaining. But but he he's part, he's part of my point. He was on campus – like eight or ten times, I remember, in like a six-month period. And they really kind of thought that we were getting him. I think that was Fields' year. We thought we were getting him over Fields um, because Fields was still committed to Penn State. Then Fields decommits from Penn State. Matt Corral. Matt Matt Corral. Corral. So then decommits from Penn State. Then we host Fields for a while. Fields ends up committing. And we kind of move on from Matt Corral. But it's one of those things that, like, we had seen Matt Corral – you know, 10 times, seeing him in the summer, seeing him throw, seeing him come to campus, you know, you see these guys over and over again and, and you almost build relationships with them before they ever get there. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, just kidding. We end up taking somebody else. And that, you know, they're gone off to Ole Miss or whatever. John Rice Plumley was that very was, I, That was, that was the, the name I was ex- I mean, about to literally bring it up. That was a yeah. perfect name I was thinking. So, I mean, those are guys that, you you have that kind of relationship with you know it, it's no different than like Rayola I'm sure while he was committed to Ohio State you know, he had that relationship with some of the guys already on the team and then all of a sudden you hear like oh he's not going there and it's like oh what happened you know what happened there kind of thing so I'm sure there's a lot less of it um, of those relationships now just depending on like how many visits you take how often you come how long you've been recruited you know, stuff like that. So I do want to kind of, obviously we've been talking a lot about recruiting, but I do want to kind of talk about the portal, right? Because with recruiting comes the transfer portal, right? They kind of come hand in hand. Um, You know, Georgia loses Bear Alexander, right? We talked about that on our uh, Monday's episode. Um, I mean, we can, we can, if we need to, we'll touch on a little bit more. Uh, But since then, you know, Georgia loses a couple more. Uh, You lose Griffin Scroggs, right? uh, Last night. Uh, Ryan Davis, uh, linebacker as well. Uh, listen, it, it's not the end for your uh, portal addition. Uh, the injuries. Walk-on walk lineman Weston Wallace as well. Yeah, that honestly though, I think that as much as that sounds like like overlooked, please don't overlook that because Weston Wallace, I thought was, I, I feel like he's gonna go somewhere, get a scholarship, and and play. Kid, kids got it like that. I agree. Um, you know, obviously, like I said, we don't necessarily uh, – so you're not going to hear us put anyone in the portal. Uh, it's just something that I value myself on not doing. Uh, but we will talk about those that have entered themselves or intent, uh, the intent to enter the portal. What does uh, that put us at now, 87? I think you're probably going to lose – yeah. I think so you two you more you have to lose? At, at least two, I think, maybe three. Uh, I don't remember the exact uh, scholarship count. But, yeah, because well, because Weston doesn't count towards the scholarship count. So I agree. But we were at 88 or 89. 80, yeah. Well, because you lose – well, you yeah, you lose Bear, Ryan. And, you lost Bear, Sean, Ryan, and um, Scrabble. That's another one. That's another one I forgot about. Yeah, I forgot about uh, Sean Alexander. So, I think you went – I think you went – I think he might be at 87 now. So Maybe. Two more I mean, regardless, I think you lose at least – I mean, you have to get down to 85. So, the 85 is the the max scholarship limit. Um, so, Georgia is not done losing players. Um, and if you look to – think about this. So, if you're look, if Georgia is looking to add 
from the portal, you have to lose even more. Um, you know, do you see any? <clears throat> I'm, like I said, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna value myself on putting kids in the portal before they do it themselves. But do you see Georgia looking around in the portal for anyone by chance? If so, maybe a position group. Do you think they look at? Um, I think it really just depends on who you lose. I think that I don't think Curb will look preemptively. I think if all of a sudden he looks around and we're at 83, then yeah, he's going to go, let me go get two guys. But if, if you only lose two more guys, just say we're at 87 because I don't remember. But if you only lose two more guys and you're 85 square up, I don't see him going, you know, pushing that one more kid out to add one more person. Well, um, another question too, though, is like, <clears throat> excuse me, when we watch G Day, Makai Muse is still a walk on. If you lose, there it would not surprise me to see him get a scholarship. I, I feel like that G Day performance, I thought, was enough to earn him a scholarship spot. Because if if you don't give him a scholarship spot, there's a chance he can leave and go play on scholarship somewhere else. Because what I what I saw, that kid can play. Um. So so I won't speak to like super specifics. But there's some kind of rule that you can, like, um, not backdoor scholarship. Is it the gray shirt? No, uh, -uh. It, it, it's, it's a completely different thing. But what you can basically do is not be on scholarship in the fall, the whole fall. And then when somebody leaves to get drafted, so like Stetson Bennett's scholarship is not being used right now. So you can give someone like Makai Muse that scholarship. By the by, the way the rule works, they will reimburse him what he spent in tuition for the fall. They will pay for his tuition in the spring, including the checks, and then that that will finish up in the summer. And then starting fall camp, he will no longer be on scholarship again. He'll be a walk on again. So I mean, it's again, basically a way of it's basically so a, a payback. It's like a way for yes. paying it back kind yeah. of thing. So basically, he wouldn't be on scholarship. But they don't really disclose like who who gets those like Robert Beal, Kiers Jackson, Don Blaylock, Stetson Bennett. All those scholarships are in the hands of some walk on right now. You know what I mean? I like that though. I, re I really do because I mean, <clears throat> you know, walk ons don't really like. I feel like they get overlooked completely. For I ain't gonna say. Well, I'll take that back. I'm gonna walk it back. I don't say completely. But they're definitely undervalued. Well, it just depends. I mean, it's, it's like me and Juan were talking about the other day. If you're Savon Clark, if you're Cash Jones, if you're Makai Muse, I mean, you have legitimate opportunities to play Division One college football. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you are getting to play like you know, Cash Jones getting to play, score a touchdown for the dogs. I mean, you're talking about you could be the every down back at a place like, you know, Troy or a place like – even bigger than that, um, maybe like a maybe like Iowa State, like a smaller Power Five or Kansas yeah. or something like I mean, that. Like, yeah, especially Kansas. And you could probably even be, you know, ACC school Wake Forest. I was thinking yeah. like even bigger, you know, somewhere like that. You could be the guy. Yeah. Um, so. Even even the the one thing about spring games and stuff like this is like it's a it's literally a. With Georgia's perspective, right, the fact that it was on ESPN two, it's a it's literally a virtual job interview for potential scholarship suitors, because um, you know Georgia's over the scholarship limit, but there's some schools that need those scholarships. What about Colorado, dude? Colorado's got twenty three kids hit the portal already. Twenty three. Yeah, they'll they'll um they're gonna look like a pretty pretty crazy team. If they end up adding twenty three more guys from the portal, well, we don't know their we don't know their numbers specific, but you get what I mean. Like that, that tells me when twenty three kids hit the portal, that means they're about to go portal crazy. So you're going to see Colorado involved in a lot. Um, you know, so I want to ask you a question on this with Grip. Like, do you see? Let's let's try to play a hypothetical. What if, or you know, a, basically a little game. Where do you think? these guys would go uh, and fit best at. Right, let's try something like this. Yeah, we're gonna play we're gonna play all of them. Yeah, we can do that. We'll do that. Just for just for fun. Obviously we're not gonna 
we're not going to say this is where they're going, right? We just want to see where we think they would fit at, right? Uh, we'll start with the big one. Let's do Bear Alexander. Where do you think? Where? I'm writing them down. I got okay. Bear, Sean, Griffin, and Ryan. That's the yeah. one I was yep. Okay. Yep. So I think we've we've heard the rumors. I personally think Bear would go home to Texas, Texas A&M. But we've all heard the rumors that USC is like the team to watch in this. So I, right now I'm going to give USC the nod that Bear Bear goes to Southern Cal, plays over there, um, you know, enjoys the NIL, the LA lifestyle, all that. So I'm going Bear to USC, the to, real to, USC. Oh yeah, let Junior know about it. Um, you know what? Give me a give me a wild card and say Colorado. Um, Nick Williams is there, by the way. Uh, Nick Williams being the guy that got him to Georgia, recruited him to Georgia, ultimately. Uh, he's now at Colorado on staff. So while USC has the lifestyle, I, I think I think Bear loves that kind of lifestyle. Um, you know, L.A. lifestyle would eat him up. Uh, he would eat it up. You have right NIL definitely is a possibility there. Don't sleep on NIL at Colorado and the fact that Nick Williams is there, too. And immediate plan time, by the way, because they just had a D lineman hit the portal, one of their star guys, I would say. Colorado could be the play. So I'm going Colorado there. We'll see. Money talks. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Especially in that case, I think. Who who are we doing next? Um, I had next one I've written down is Sean Washington. Okay. Do you want me to go first or do you want to do that? Sean Washington, I think he goes back home, so comes from Louisiana. I think you look at maybe a La Tech or like a Tulane. Who are you thinking? I know you ain't saying LSU. You're saying LSU? LSU. Hmm, fair enough. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure they were in on his recruitment pretty heavy at the end of it. So I, I think that I think his frame a year in college. Now, of course, here's the big X factor. We speaking here and the listeners at home are not privy to the knowledge of why he left the team, why he was not with the team kind of midway through the season. We're not sure. Did he get his championship rings or not? That would be a big deal. Kind of knowing like where he stood with the Georgia staff towards the end of the season. Um, You know, is it grades related? we, We have no idea why, why show yeah, we we definitely don't know the context behind the scenes. We're not gonna and we're not gonna we're gonna we're not gonna even act as if we do. But it but it does matter in the fact of you're right, would he go to an LSU or will you be at a UL Lafayette somewhere, a southern um in that and that's in Louisiana if I remember right. Uh, southern is, yep. Yeah. So the, I think that kind of weighs on on that. But I'm I'm thinking LSU. I think he's a good enough player. That if he's if he's fairly clean, that LSU could be. I would, you know what? I'm going to say the reason why I'm I'm going to say Tulane because you're in New Orleans, and Tulane just showed that they are they could be a potential player, especially with the era of college football playoffs expansion. Watch out for Tulane if they can if they keep that consistency going. Um, so I'm going Tulane. You're going LSU. There. Who who do we have next? Griffin Scroggs, Georgia Tech. Hundred percent, Georgia Tech. Especially, especially because um, I mean that's where he was committed before. Here, he's a Georgia guy from Griffin. Uh, I think that Georgia Tech's kind of on the come up with the new head coach. Um, it's not the head coach necessarily that was recruiting him to Georgia Tech, but I, I still think Georgia Tech um, is is the team to beat probably for Scroggs at this point. So I feel like it's more more fun out of this to choose a second option rather than our first option because we were so quick with this. What would your second team be? <laughs> Take a pick of the litter in the state of Georgia, I think. I mean, uh, oh, yeah. Southern, you know, whatever. I think he's good enough to play Division One football. I mean, he had offers to Georgia Tech, Georgia, yeah. places like that. Um, you know, Georgia Southern is D1, but is the fun belt. Um I could see him at a South Carolina, possibly. Well, South, well, speaking of South Carolina, I don't know if you noticed this. With his eligibility, dude, 24 class for South Carolina uh-huh. on the offensive line is stupid uh-huh. because they just got another commit. 
on the office. I'm just, thinking, I'm just thinking close to home and like a level under us. Like South Carolina be close, UNC be close, um, UNC Charlotte wouldn't be terrible. Charlotte, Charlotte listen, I, like I said, we think he's going to Georgia Tech, but watch out for UNC Charlotte. Uh, watch out for you know. I, I look at other teams in the ACC. I, I think you. I think you could look at like another ACC team. What about maybe like a? Do you see like a Miami in play? No, you don't think so. I think, With Chris- wants, I think he wants to stay to North for like a Miami. Mm, I see what you're saying. So if that's the case, you know maybe maybe go to a Wake Forest would be interesting. But I, I ultimately listen. I, I think, like I said, we think. Here comes your real wild card, though, up next. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. This is going to be interesting. He's going to play SEC ball. Oh, you think so? Well, that's well, not, well, that's, well, not, that's well, not my guess. Well, let me think. Well, hold on. Let me let me backtrack it just for the split second. Man, backtrack clean out of the live broadcast, everybody. He was backtracking. We were sitting here, hanging out, and – Backtrack clean out of here. So, welcome to the DGD podcast. It's just Kobe edition. You know, Robert's not here. He lagged out of the thing. Now he's back. I'm back. Man said he needed to take a step back and lagged himself clean out of the podcast. Yeah, you ain't lying. But no, what were you saying, Kobe? You want me to give my prediction? Go, uh, well, no, because I was asking the question, uh, you know, is – is he a grad transfer? Because if he if he is that that is whether he is or is not is a huge difference. Does no, di- that matter? Well, there's if you no try rule. to go if if you try to go SEC, you have to sit out the year, don't you? There's no rule against it anymore. Uh, hello, Robert. Robert. Well, we are here. Robert is frozen again. Um, it, oh, he's back again. I don't know what's going on, guys. The balls are hacking us. <clears throat> oh no! Help me. So, so that when the when the undergrad rule changed, you don't have to sit out a year, no matter what. Now, so okay. You can go SEC to SEC, but I think he should be a grad transfer. But it doesn't matter. Gotcha. I wasn't sure. My prediction, just off the cuff. Um, Michigan State is my like is what's calling my name. What you think of the Mel Tucker effect there? Or? Yeah, I'm not sure how much he played under Mel though. Um, I think he. I, I see. Speaking in that same, I actually think he played under Lanning more. So I mean, I don't think you could count out Oregon. You know, Lanning kind of got gutted at linebacker at Oregon this year. You know, you you lose Noah Sewell to the draft. You lose Justin Flo to Arizona. You know, it, it could be one of those things that you have a veteran presence that already knows your defense inside and out. You know, I, I wouldn't count Oregon out. That's actually going to be my answer is Oregon. <clears throat> I could I could definitely see Oregon. Now, my question is, because if I'm not mistaken, he came from Apopka, Florida. Could you see him go to a school like Florida State? I don't see him going to Florida. Florida – I just don't see that. I think he wants to succeed. Florida's not the place. I I could see you going to Florida State. Um, You know, you you look at Jermaine Johnson, a guy that was a good player Mm -hmm. here, kind of a, you know, project piece when he left, just what didn't quite have it all figured out. Goes down to Florida State, gets it all figured out, all of it. And and wins, like, defense player of the year in the ACC. I mean, he's a beast. Mm -hmm. Well, you've got so I think Florida State would be interesting because you kind of go closer to home, but I'm I'm starting to lean towards that Oregon side too because he would be I mean Dan Lanning's going to be running the same thing that we're running here, you know what I mean? So I you like, have that familiarity. I like those two picks though, there's two opposite sides of like the thought process of the coin. Yeah, I mean, but also Florida State, you're going to be in this. You're going to be let's Florida State this year will be contending if not winning the ACC championship. Well, and you could be a piece to that puzzle of I've been on two national champions. I've been on SC championship. I know how to practice. I know how to play. I know how to do all these things. Yeah. You could go and you could be that, that piece of leadership that 
kind of teaches them like, hey, if you practice this way, do things the right way, like good things happen. Well, I mean, you got – if I'm not mistaken, out of high school or maybe right now, he's like 6'2", 230. So, like, that, that's a that's a solid linebacker, which, again, you look at Lanning, right? I, I, like I said, Oregon, I, I feel like I would have to make my choice at Oregon just because of familiarity. And, and if he goes to Oregon with and goes under Lanning, because think about it. Flow transfers to Arizona. Noah Sewell is in the draft. So you're replacing some linebackers. And I think that could matter. Um, so I agree. So I think maybe we probably go Oregon here, but I think or I think Florida State would be would be an interesting pick. Uh I, I get the Michigan State ties there. Michigan State, I pulled that trigger too quickly. I was trying to think Oregon because I don't think he played under Mel at all. It doesn't sound like he would have. I think he's only Lanning's guy. Yeah, I would think that would be better suited, yeah. But I think – Pittman. Don't don't count out Pittman either. Never count out Arkansas for anybody. What about Nebraska since we've had a ton going there in 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 the winter? You had first three guys there. I mean, you got Eric Gilbert. Well, you had uh, Jacob Hood and um, MJ Sherman. Yeah. So, I mean, well, they don't need the backers. I don't think he goes to Nebraska, but. But I'm just saying, I wouldn't, for for any of the four of these guys, besides maybe Bear, I wouldn't count out Arkansas. I wouldn't count out Nebraska. Wouldn't count out Oregon. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, well, I would count out Oregon for Scroggs. I agree. I would have to do that. I, I just – and it's not a knock on Scruggs either. So, whatever you're – if you're listening, I'm not knocking, I promise. I, I just think he – like, in all seriousness, I think he's better suited at a place like Georgia Tech where you actually get to sh- use your ability and shine rather than what feels like becoming another body in the line group. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't want a kid to transfer – to a spot and then get buried again. That, that would be pointless. So you you obviously you, you wish them the best, right? And if, if we're being truthful to that, wishing them the best is going to a situation where you can succeed. Listen, going under uh, Stacey Searles, I think you'll be more than fine to go to a place like Georgia Tech, and you could and you could compete right away for a starting spot. Like like we think about Jacob Hood as kind of being a project guy at Georgia. What if he goes to Nebraska and becomes at least maybe a part of the two deep? It could very well happen. So, I agree. I mean, talking about MJ Sherman's probably going to be one of their starting linebackers. Gilbert, I mean, think about Tresman Marshall, dude. Tresman Marshall. It's going to be probably the starting linebacker at Alabama this year. Yeah. And, and, I mean, and it's crazy. Like, we sit here, we talk about the portal. And, Kobe, it, it's a lot different nowadays with how we view the portal, right? especially since it's become like more, right. It's more normal. And it's actually like, right. You have the one-time transfer rule, but when you look at situations where Georgia loses bodies to the portal, yeah. Outside of maybe the select one or one or two, they're, they're depth pieces. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just crazy how the world of recruiting now you're looking at just pieces that couldn't ever touch the field are leaving, but doing well, successful, right. They're being successful. The hard, at their next school. The hardest thing about it, the portal, is you see the good and the evil. Like you see the guys that are transferring for the good reasons. See the guys that are going to try to better their standing in a in a depth chart, like a Jacob Hood, like a MJ Sherman, you know, like Griffin Scroggs. And then you kind of see the other side of it, where you kind of worry about some people are jumping ship, dipping toes, and asking for money. And not saying that's all bad. Because I understand, like, you're 18 to 22-year-old kid. You're, you know, phenomenal athlete. There's no promises you're making. And in the we NFL. also don't know their situation. Yeah, and, and there's no promise you're making in the NFL. Look at Marshawn Lattimore is a perfect example at South Carolina. Man would have made unbelievable money in, in college when he was here. And he tore up his knees, never played down in the NFL. I mean, you know, it, it's stuff like that that is kind of more like, you know, think how much money Todd Gurley could have made in Ooh. college versus, I mean, he had a relatively short NFL career. I think he only played six, seven years. But he was absolutely he a lot of dominant. Money. He was he dominant. a lot of money. But, like, he, he could have made probably double that money 
if he'd have gotten paid the three years he was at Georgia. So, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Um, listen, if you're in the comments uh, watching this, uh, let us know where you think the guy, let's just play the, let's play along. Where do you think, where do you think these four uh, portal entries are going to go? Let us know in the comments. Also make sure to like as well. Hit it, hit that like button, hit that thumbs up for us. Uh, hit that, hit ring that bell to subscribe. All right. We're obviously on YouTube. Uh, and listen, if you're listening, let us know by uh, leaving us a review. Five stars preferred, but let us know how you really feel. Right? Let us know how you really feel. Kobe, as always, man, looking forward to uh, this weekend. You got, uh, if you're still watching and you're interested, you can actually watch Tresman Marshall this Saturday, uh, SEC Network Plus, uh, Alabama's A Day uh, Saturday. A little bit. I want to say there's only two weeks left of spring uh, games, uh, Alabama and LSU being two of the more notable ones this weekend. Uh, maybe you have to watch Tresman. Maybe you just have to watch Tresman this Saturday. But with that being said, we're going to get out of here. Obviously talked enough about recruiting, talked about the transfer portal. If you like the video or if you like the episode, let us know, and we will catch you all Monday. Have a good one, and go dogs. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.